10 seconds to go. Jaron dribbles into the front court, drives to the bucket. His shot, no good. Put back up and in by Trayvon Scott. Cincinnati by one. Rose from half court. His yeah! shot is no good. John... The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg. It is on its way. It is good. Cincinnati wins the American Championship. Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Pearl. Looking for a block, and he got it up on the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skipper! Called his own number and streaks for 23 for a touchdown for Cincinnati. Welcome back to Clay Snowden, friend of the show. And Jeff and Ed are here. We got the whole gang back. I'm Aaron. And this is part of the punctuation. What's up, Evan? Hey, Clay, what the hell, dude? It's the same intro every time. I must never pay attention. I was very caught off guard when I heard Cincinnati basketball. At first, I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I still wish he'd change the music, but that's just me. Oh, you don't like well, music? I mean, hey, I just, number one producer, he's trying love, his best at being a music thing. I'd love if he'd produce something with more of a hip-hop beat, but... Okay, I got you. I mean, uh, uh, ne- next week, it's going to be interesting. Thanks, Aaron. Can't wait! Oh, man. Clay's like, I'm out on that one. <laughs> I just picture Ed finding, like, an old, like, Lose Yourself by Eminem and still thinking it's, like, hip and putting that as the intro music and it being really embarrassing. Or, like, Millie Vanilli. <laughs> he's he's listening to Come A Come A Come A Chameleon. Look at him. Ed, Ed is giving... What? He's the, his his he's face so is colors his shirt. I turn this way, I can talk to Ed. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So we did bring Clay on because we wanted to talk about how somehow your 2021 Cincinnati Reds are still within five games here as we're, what, about uh, just over a quarter of the season through. Coming up on a, on a third of a season, I suppose. But I, uh, think we... I, I was just going to say, like, I'm not real sure what we're good at. At this point in time, I know that Cassianos is good. I know that Winker is good as they lead between the two of them. They, they lead baseball and hitting. And TJ Antone is good. He's also good. Yeah. I, um, I think that's it. Yeah. So, so far, that's pretty much it. And a lot of excuses or a lot of reasoning that people are kind of leaning on, as we often do, is just. I do this as well. We talk about sample size. Well, we're getting to a point now that sample size is starting to get large enough that you can make some conclusions. Um, and a lot of people say, you know, players like Suarez um, or uh, Castillo and others are going to, you know, kind of regress towards or pro- progress towards the mean and kind of get back to what they typically are. Well, if you're going off that, then I hate to be that guy, but so we're – well, you know, the good players. I mean, Winker's not a 340 
hitter. I mean, he is right now, and I'm not trying to knock that. I'm just saying, you know, it's at some point they're going to come back down to earth too. And when that happens, you just have to pray that other players have picked up their game because they're picking up all the slack right now. Um, we saw tonight Suarez bat leadoff for the first time in his career. Um, I don't have the game on right now, but he had two strikeouts in a home run. Um, Dinger. He, I'm not really sure what to make of him and his struggles so far. I don't know what it is. Um, at first, I thought maybe a mechanical thing, but I mean, he, he struggled last year, too. I mean, we know that he can hit home runs. He has 10 already on this year. That's I think someone I saw someone tweet it would be like 39 is the pace for him right yeah. now. Like That's good. But when you cannot even get on base and you strike out, I mean, it's it's really not – it doesn't do much for you. Uh, batting him lead off, I don't really have a strong opinion on that. You're going to get us kicked off of iTunes. Thank you, Ed. Um, Suarez batting leadoff is interesting to me. I don't really know, you know, that I don't think that's a long-term fix or anything like that. It just the leadoff batter in theory gets the most at bats in the game, right? So batting a player who doesn't get on base, giving him the most at bats is interesting. Now, how he will be pitched differently, you know, you could make an argument for that, but. Even then, I mean, if we're talking about having to move Suarez to lead off just so he gets different pitches, I mean, that is a really bad slump. That's a super bad, you know, situation to be in if that's the case. I mean, we haven't even seen – we haven't even really seen a, a time where they've given him several days off in a row, have they? I mean, I, I, I'm – No, and they really can't right now with the injuries that they have. Right. I mean, whoever you're playing there is not going to be an improvement, and, you know, you – People could yell at us and say, yeah, it is, like, numbers-wise. But, honestly, I don't want to see Blandino or Farmer playing or both of them playing and Suarez on the bench. Like, or what if they put in, Suarez like, to be good. The only way he's going to most likely get good when the roster looks like this is by playing instead of benching right. him. Okay. I mean, it, but is it one of those situations where, like, he he's not going to, like, figure this out Standing up there, looking down the third base line into the stands on the third base side, wave, waving at a curveball that starts over the plate and finishes in the dirt, and he he looks silly up there, spinning himself into the ground repeatedly. Yeah. Now, once the roster gets back with Sinzel and Moose, I'm all for, especially if this continues, you know, sitting him down for a few games. It's just right now, I don't. I don't see. Now, he's always been a high strikeout guy, but I know what you're meaning. Yeah. He looks lost right now. He's swinging at terrible pitches. Um, he was in an interview today, and he seemed really confident. He didn't, which, I mean, I don't want to read too much into all that type of stuff, but um, I just don't know what the answer is. And obviously, the Reds don't either. And that's why they're moving yeah. him around and batting him leadoff, just trying to, you know, do anything. This, I mean, when you take a player like Suarez with his past and bat him lead off. That is so strange that it's to the point that it's desperate. So I'm, I'm you, not just saying it's a bad move. I'm just saying that's where they are right now as far as they're in, know, in desperation mode. I know you were talking earlier about how maybe he'll see some different pitches there at lead off as opposed to, you know, the four hole, the six hole, whatever it may be. Uh, but one of the things that Chris Welsh brought up as, you know, the, as he was starting the game is uh, just the fact that 
he's maybe not going to be swinging for the fences or trying to drive in runs with runners on base at this point in time. Like maybe it's just a more relaxed point of view as you go up there, not trying to drive in a run, but rather literally just to get on base. Yeah. And you know, maybe that is the case. It's kind of funny because he had a home run tonight, but no, I totally (laughs) agree with that. The approach is different and you know, it should be different. Maybe, yeah, it should be different. And maybe that helps. Maybe it doesn't. But like I said, if you're at a point where you're having to do something as drastic as bat and lead off to just try to do anything, then you know it's a bad, bad, bad situation to be in. But kind of back to your point where you can't sit him right now, whatever mm-hmm. you can do to get him, you know, putting putting the bat on the ball. Yeah. And he has been, you know, kind of like Joey earlier in the season, he has been hitting the ball hard. He's just been hitting it at guys in the shift or at guys in position. And so, you know, at some point you felt like it was going to break for him, although even the home run was just over the wall. I mean, I, it, it just it comes down to, like, they, they've got to figure out what they need to do with him, what they're going to expect out of him. And if it's not what everybody else has done, because it seems like, you know, starting from the beginning of the season, there's been a lot of talk about, the approach to hitting seems to be different for the Reds. And maybe that's because, you know, the, the ball's deadened or whatever. And they want to, they want to say that you're not going to be launching home runs left and right. So everybody kind of changed more into these, you know, hit the ball hard, drive the ball, hit these line drives and playing more quote unquote small ball. Um, and then you've got Suarez, which doesn't appear that anything has changed as far as his approach where he's going up, you know, he's talking about I want to, I want to hit fifty home runs this year, and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And he he gets up there, and what's most concerning is like is what I brought up a minute ago, is his swings and misses. At least somebody that doesn't dig a whole lot into like statistics on what you know these advanced statistics and things like that. Uh, his swings and misses just make him look like he is so far lost like that he might need glasses <laughs> like he can't see the ball i mean I, i'm being honest like with when every all all these pitchers know that they got to do is come up and, and throw him a breaking ball that starts out over the plate and ends in the dirt and he is waving at it it's pretty easy to take the bat out of somebody's hands like that because he, he's not going to hit that over the wall Cassianos just had a dribbler of a of a single. It was literally. Hey, how about his How about his hustle triple earlier? It was nice. And you know what's funny about that? I was about to, I was old man yelling at a cloud there for a minute because they showed the ball go over the left fielder's head. He reached out and kind of bobbled it, and then they cut to Nick, and he's just kind of like jogging. And I was like, oh my gosh, if he doesn't get the Triple, I'm going to be the anti-hustle guy and complain about it. Then he ends up at third base. I was like, all right, I, never mind. I, I, I had the like, same. I have an angle of like he should have scored, and I was like, all right, I need to relax. I had the I had the same I had the same like initial gut reaction when they did that cut to him, and it looked like he was just going to like cruise into second base on this like easy run into second, and then all of a sudden they like show him and he's sliding into third, and I was like, all right, but that I mean that's how that's how Castellanos <laughs> plays though. I mean that. I don't think that guy's motor ever stops. Now the guy in left field is actually from Middletown. I don't know if you've it's ever Kyle Schwarber. I don't know if you've ever heard of him from Middletown. Yeah, I, from, I purposely did not say his name. <laughs> What's his name? 
I'll have to look him up. No? <laughs> Just the, there was a there was a drive to left field and, and he misplayed it. Oh man. Yes, he almost had a drive to left field? Yeah. It's a home run. <laughs> yeah, that's how he got his triple. And that's a home run. It's a home run. I don't know if I'm gonna be putting this headset on again. <laughs> you have a headset on. Oh Jesus. Oh man. Hey, uh real quick update. Nick Ladola's night is done. Did you see his uh his stats from the night? Seven innings, five hits, no runs, one walk, eight strikeouts, ninety seven pitches with seventy two strikes. Now, Clay, you were saying off the air that he hasn't been in Chattanooga long enough, so he needs to stay there, correct? Right. I did not say that. Now, one thing, okay, a lot of people, the, the, this is a good segment for a little minor league update. A lot of people clump these two together, Hunter Green Nick Lodolo, because they're both in AA, and they both assume they're on the same path. But we need to, yeah, Evan's obsessed with Lodolo. He DMs me every day saying Lodolo season for some reason. But um, these two players are very different in terms of their path right now. Uh, Lodolo's older. He had experience in college. He did not have Tommy John surgery like Hunter Green. Hunter Green has like 90-some-odd pitches um, in the minors. That's it. So Lodolo, I think he's going to move a little bit faster through the system, and I could see him in AAA sooner rather than later, especially if there's just a trickle-down effect of somebody from Louisville going up to AAA. Um which is what Vladimir Gutierrez is doing. He'll start against the Cubs, right, the, this upcoming week. Yes. Um, he's a guy who I like a lot. I think fans are a little bit – I don't want to use the term uneducated, but a little bit high on him right now. Um, a lot of fans do the thing where they need a reliever or, a, excuse me, a starter. They go to the top 30 prospects, and they just pick the first starter on the prospect list and say, you know, th this guy's going to be awesome. I think his ceiling is like a number four type guy. Um, he has good stuff, and he has incredible. Would you say his ball. ceiling is higher than like Jeff, Jeff Hoffman? Hoffman? His ceiling is higher than Jeff Hoffman. Okay, on it's record, an improvement. Yes. But Thanks, um, yeah, but Vlad, you know he he pitched well at the end of 2019. His stats looked terrible from AAA that year. He was beat up in the first half. Um, came back, pitched well. All the reports were that he pitched well at the alternate side. And he's looked good so far in AAA. Um, I just don't think he has that ceiling. You know, in terms of tiers, there's Lodolo and Green. And then the second tier is kind of your um, Tony Santon and um, Vladimir Gutierrez. And then there's another starter in AAA, um, Riley O'Brien, who was acquired in the Cody Reed trade that I've always liked. And he's pitched pretty well. He's older. He's 26. So he's probably one of those guys who – Seems like each year there's kind of a random guy from the 40-man roster who gets called up for a start type of a thing, and he could be one of those guys because he's already on the 40-man. Um, Santalon's been pitching really, really well in AAA, and he's a guy I've, I've always liked. Um, he kind of had a rough patch in 2019, but other than that, he's been great through the minors. And when we talk about people being on different tracks, and everybody goes to Hunter Green immediately – because he was hyped when they signed him and then he got hurt and then he comes back now and he's, you know, there, there were reports that he hit that he was touching 105 at, at the, uh, what, like the intermediate site there that they were doing. Alt -site, yeah. Yeah. At the alt site. And then 
uh, you know, then he has that game where he threw through like 30 some odd pitches or something over a hundred miles an hour. And everybody's like, Oh, that's the guy you got to bring him up. But nobody wanted to, nobody wants to talk about the fact that until this year, he hadn't started or played a baseball game since like 2018. It'd been like yeah. three, it'd been like three years, like 900 and some odd days since he like between starts. Yeah. Like, he's 21 years old. He's, still very young and he could be up sooner than I originally anticipated, but I don't think it'll be this year as a starter. At least Um, he's just one of these guys that I would love to see get a full minor league season under his belt. Um, Especially if, you know, Lodello is pitching well and you bring him up. Um, I don't necessarily see a path where both of them are starting this year for the Reds at any point. Um, He, Green did walk some in his last outing. Um, I didn't get to watch it, but I saw those stats. And um, I watched him earlier this year, and he pitched well. He gave up some hard contact, but you know nothing to be alerted about. Um, and the, some other players like AAA right now has some good pitchers and starters. Their offense is horrible, which is another thing about you know the people, including myself. I catch myself saying it. You know, get rid of Blandino. Okay, who are you bringing up? Almost every single hitter is batting under 210 for Louisville, some under 200, and they've just been bad. And these are guys with MLB experience. Nicky Delmonico, the, uh, Cuthbert or whatever his name is, Dwight Smith, these guys who are, you know, Mike Freeman stuff, you know. Your Max Schrock was your move. That was to bring up a guy who's – now there is one player who I like is Alfredo Rodriguez, and he is a shortstop prospect out of Cuba who signed – like 2015 or 16 with uh, with the Reds, and he's never been able to hit the ball. And this year he's hitting pretty well. He got off to a really hot start and slowed down a little bit, but shortstop, and he's always been known for a plus glove. So if you want to bring up a guy who can at least play defense and has been hitting well enough, I mean, he's somebody who's 26 years old. He's, you know, probably what he is, you know, he's probably not going to, turn out to be anything more than what he is right now. So they want to give some guy in the organization a shot. He could be on that short list. What do we think? What do we think about daddy hacks, Robbie Tenerwicks? Yeah, he's a fun player to watch. That guy's crazy. Um, I've watched a few of his games in double a and, um, is that where he's at right now is in double a Chattanooga. Um, I don't think he's a MLB player, but he is fun to watch. He's got some like crazy hair and he just like takes huge hacks can play like second. And he's kind of a fun player to watch, but um, the second baseman in Chattanooga that I like is Alea Lopez. And I've tweeted about him several times. He's not on the top 30 list and he's not a guy that like a lot of people are crazy about, but a lot of people would love this guy's style. He's a leadoff hitter. Um, just he literally puts the ball in play every single time and he's got some speed good defender and he just hits and he's hit at every single level he's 25 years old now um, but he just turned 25 and a guy who at least is fun to watch I mean who knows what what can happen with him just makes you wonder where the Reds would be if they hadn't made some of the trades that they ended up making for guys like that could be still in the organization as far as like Trammell and Siri, um, you know, just some of the guys that they've traded in the, l- the last couple of years to where maybe we wouldn't have the offensive woes that we're having right now, both at the AAA level and here in the majors. 
I'm very much out on both of those players. Jose Siri, I'm big out on. I used to love him in 2019 and 2018. He was so toolsy, but never put it together. He's kind of flamed out. Trammell got called up to the Mariners and struck out like 48% of the time. Um, um, so, yeah, Trammell, he's back down in AAA now, but he's killing the ball in AAA. I think he'll end up being a good player. I was just giving you a hard time, Aaron. Was he not a good shortstop? Was he drafted? Uh, so this is about Hunter Green. Um, when he was drafted, he could play shortstop and pitcher, but they never really gave him a shot at short. This is pretty common with a lot of these super athletic players in high school playing multiple positions, and he could have been an MLB shortstop, I'm sure, but um, the Reds just saw more value in that fastball um, to make him a starter. So you're saying that he's not going to uh, be our showy Atani? No, he is not. Alex Blandino is, though. Yeah. Uh, all right, Clay. What about what about uh, what about like uh, Mark Payton? That's Aaron's favorite player. I heard he's a solid player. Sir? Hey, Ed's on the Black Cherry Polar. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> Looked like he was struggling with that that sip on it though. Non-alcoholic White Claw. Let's go. Oh, Clay. Hey. Oh, well, that was a sponsored. Show. Oh. If we get wait, sponsored, wait, wait, sponsorship. By we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So Holy. I know we I know we were kind of dogging on uh before we started recording, kind of dogging on uh Bell and his use of analytics. But what's your take on just how hard like by the book analytics, analytics, analytics Bell has been in his uh you know couple of years here now and what he's in doing the- with all of that. Yeah, it seems like analytics are something that people are going to live and die by. And with baseball, there's I, – I don't know the number, but there has to be, what, over 300 stats that you could use. So when arguing or discussing players, there's always a stat you can show that's good and always one that you can show is bad. So it's kind of hard, you know, especially what we see on Twitter. Um, and I, I actually uh, – I'll, I'll find it and I'll tell you, but – um, yeah, I think that the analytics thing, especially when it comes to like lefty righty for him has been, I wouldn't say over the top, but just like at points unnecessary, I think, um, especially when it comes to like substitutions within the game. Um, I'm not so anti David Bell guy either. I know that a lot of people are, you have to not, you know, you'll just have to realize what he's working with here. That roster is not very good. Kyle Farmer, Alex Blandino, Scott Heineman, who I love Scott Heineman, but Mark Payton's, Max Schrock's, like these are not players that are on playoff teams. And these are players that are getting starts right now because of injuries and because of the front office's lack of spending to put a, you know, a legitimate depth in this organization. Speaking of analytics, Jay Bruce, I tweeted this out the other day. His career numbers as a Red, 249 average, 319 on base, and a 470 slugging with an OPS of 789. If those numbers, like, I don't know if Twitter was going crazy back then about numbers like it does now, but there would be a split fan base on Jay Bruce today if if he was playing today. That on-base percentage is not very good. Obviously, he strikes out a lot. Players, I mean – 
just imagine what the timeline would look like if Jay Bruce is putting up those numbers in the 20, yeah, 2021 season for the Reds. So right now you have St. Louis at 26 and 21, the Cubbies at 25 and 22, Milwaukee at 24 and 23, your Reds are at 20 and 25, and Pittsburgh at 18 and 29. So as the the we saw Luis Castillo and his struggles during the cold. Now we've seen him also struggling during the the heat. So it was with, too hot. With, it was it was way too hot for him. Get out of here. Okay. So we, we've we've now seen nothing that is looking like La Piedra of years past. Sonny Gray is kind of coming around a little slow, coming off that injury. I don't know how we've even put together 20 wins at this point with the staff that we've had out there. I feel like we've kind of gotten a little lucky. How do you see the next couple of weeks going for the Reds? And when do you start to look around and say, it's time to start making some moves? And are we going to make moves to try and compete? Or are we going to make moves to try and – I mean, I, I know which way I think this is going to go, but I, I have a feeling that it's going to be more along the lines of the Reds selling off the whole team. Yeah. Um I'm not worried about Sonny Gray right now. I still think he's pitching pretty well. Castillo, I, this is kind of maybe not going to make much sense, but in my fantasy league, he has six total points. A player like um, Jacob deGrom has like 200 and something points, just to give you an idea of like how bad he is. He's just been terrible all year. He had 11 strikeouts two games ago, and that's about the highlight of his season. Um, I literally have no idea. I know so little about pitching and mechanics, and I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I know what's going on. His, He's just not missing bats is really what it is. He's not getting a lot of swing and misses. And You know how it is when you put the ball in play against a team with the defense that we've been showing, it's going to be pretty a pretty good strategy. Just put the ball in play against the Reds, and you're going to be okay. Um, his struggles have been bad. In terms of selling off the – or let me backtrack. The rest of the rotation, Wade Miley saving the Reds season so far, just like holding <laughs> on by a string right now. Wade Miley. Um, it's the Hulk crazy. you. Yeah. Jeff Hoffman's been bad. I don't know how many more starts he could possibly get. Maybe Vlad pitches well this weekend and sticks. Who knows? I mean – at some point, they're going to, you know, if they continue to lose, let's just have that conversation now about the rebuild. And I don't want to go in, you know, we could talk rebuild for two hours. I don't want to do that. But um, in terms of trading off pieces, if they want to do a rebuild, I don't think they'll do a full rebuild. They'll, they will do like the quote unquote retool thing, which we know, I'm not even saying that's the right move, but that's most likely what the front office would do, which what would that look like? Maybe somebody's interested in Wade Miley and you get what back for him? A number 12 prospect in someone's system? Not much. You know, I mean, look at the trade like a Tanner Roark trade that was made a few years ago to the A's. We got back the number 10 outfielder in the system. He was crap and he's no longer in our system. That's the type of trade I see that could happen for Wade Miley. Um, Tyler Naquin right now, I think they should trade him. And you know how much I like Naquin. I've been talking right. about him a lot. But he has a year left of team control after this year. 
there's plenty of good teams with injured outfields. Like the White Sox are starting Billy Hamilton daily. Like they need Oof. help. And if you can get something back for Tyler Naquin, that's a huge W considering you picked him up for nothing. Amir Garrett um, just gave up a ninth inning home run, by the way. Oh, you're way ahead of me. It's 2-1. Other than that, I mean, what are they trading off? What can they, they trade off? Suarez they, they ha- has they little needed- to no value. Now, somebody would trade for Suarez, I think, just because of his past. And they're convinced themselves, you know, they can fix that. But you're selling him on the absolute – lowest end of the market that's a terrible idea you might as well just keep him even if you don't play him then hope he bounces back like the other team would you wouldn't be able to get much for him i think you would have to send him i think you would have to send suarez somewhere where he's not going to have to play defense i think you have to send him with a player like winker somebody eats that contract i mean i i I think if, if they're if they're going to do what clay's saying like they can't. They can't retool. And I, I had this conversation. I forget who I was tweeting back and forth with the other day. But like, if, if they're, they need to make a decision like yesterday, that they're either gonna try and and piece together whatever they have available in the minor leagues to go get some people, or they need to burn it down. And by burn it down, I mean everyone oh, needs to be every everyone needs to be available so that you can go out and. Build the minor leagues with prospects that are going to be ready to come up when Lodolo and Green are ready to go. So that you, know, you maybe make that that play there. And Here's just, where I get confused because though. Cassianos can walk at the end of the season, right. and I wouldn't blame him if this is how things are going to be here. If, well, if the front office can't come to Cassianos and say, "Listen, at first we're going to sign you to a new contract that's going to be if he continues playing the way he is now," right? You know. You know, I wouldn't blame him for walking because he can go get money somewhere else. Now he's not going to get anything like stupid, crazy high, but he'll likely get more than what he's getting here, and he'll be able to win. And we know how much that means to him. And then you need to move Winker. There, there should not be anyone who is "quote unquote" safe when you do a, a full burn it down rebuild. And, and the, the Reds just that, don't do it. I think that. The trade, like Aaron mentioned, where you package somebody to move money, um, that's a re- that's like really common in hockey. That happens all the time. The way it works is you trade like a really good prospect with a really bad contract, and you just eat it. You don't see that in baseball as often for whatever reason. But someone like a Mike Moustakis, who has not been very good and has been injured and is old and has sixteen million for two at least two more years, could be. A, third year with a team option like that's a yikes contract that is not a contract a team will take on and you package in you know some mediocre prospect that's a big contract to take on so i really don't see that happening and i don't think moose is a player that would even be possible to be moved right now because i don't think anyone wants his contract um so i think we're just gonna have to eat that obviously joey's not going anywhere um, Naquin could be traded. Miley could be traded. Sonny Gray. I mean, if I hate to say it, maybe in the offseason. Sure. Sonny Gray is not young. He's not old. He's in his prime, maybe entering the first year of the post-prime, depending on who you ask what age that is. But he has a attractive contract. He's a really good pitcher. And he can go to a contending team 
and be a solid number two or three. You know, mo- most contending teams have a, a pitcher better than him, I'd say. Um, and that's a player who may- maybe you trade him. I don't know. I'm not saying the Reds should do it, but if they're not going to spend money or focus on building the team to be a championship caliber team, uh, then, yeah, it's lo- it's looking like a teardown. And then, you know, Suarez, who knows what they can do with his contract. A player who honestly could have a ton of trade value at the deadline is Tucker. I mean, Tucker right now is hitting so well for what he is. Incredible defensive catcher, a veteran, expiring contract. That's the type of contract a team can either go out and get because they don't have a catcher or if they don't like their catcher or they have an injury. It's not like, I mean, any situation in which you don't have a really good catcher, Tucker Barnhart is attractive. Um, That would allow, you know, Stevenson to get every day at bats behind the plate. Um, It's just, you know, it's one of those deals that like, how much do they have to bring up? Who else would they have to bring up to backfill behind that? In terms of catcher? Yeah. See, that's the thing. And this is pretty common, actually, that you don't have a ton of organizational depth that's MLB ready just because catchers are so few and far between in terms of like talented ones. So Bo Naylor would be the, um, or Bo, Bo Taylor, Bo Naylor's, they're two catchers, both from the Indians organization and have two, two similar names, but Bo Taylor is the backup that would probably be, be called up. But I mean, he's, you know, your Juan Grandor Grand type, just kind of no one really expects much from him, but um, the catchers in double A and single A, and I've been harping on this for years, that the catching depth in the organization is terrible. And there's been some surprises um, kind of breaking through right now that are a couple years away. But, um, you know, something to keep an eye on at least. What what happened, Aaron? Game over. Lucas Sims, Lucas Sims gets the save. They took out Garrett. A W. Enjoy it. Nice. I mean, it's it's the first game of a of a road trip, but you know, you you had said earlier that you were a guy who isn't out on Bell yet. Here's what I don't understand, and and people who are currently supporting Bell. While you you mentioned that the roster's not been easy for him to try and collect wins with, I get that, but I also can't defend the fact that when he got DFA'd, Fulmer had more innings pitched than anyone in the rotate in the bullpen rotation that's insane to me outside of that you know who had number two before he got sent down to true uh to louisville again sal romano like what yeah what are we doing with that i i don't understand well, they're, they're... Those are mob- i would say a lot of that's kind of mop up duty but when a team sucks this much you have a lot of players just going in there and pitching two or three innings, but that's, you know, it still stands to your point, Aaron. Like, the team's bad enough that these, you know, replacement level, below replacement level players are having to pitch that often. I, I get what you're saying. That's not a situation to be in at all. There was zero focus on the bullpen this offseason. It just is what it is. And that's just, I mean, that's, you know, cold hard facts. That's why it sucks, just because they didn't address it. It's not... You know, when you not bring only did they not address it, they it they worse than that. Yes, they, they gutted they, it. They sold them all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You bring in a bunch of guys who are other teams' leftovers, other teams' players that they had to remove off the 40 man roster, and you expect them to hit. 
you know what I'm not hearing much of this year, and I'm not criticizing him, but the whole David or Derek Johnson can save everyone thing. He can't. It's not even his fault. Some of these guys don't have the talent. If you have talent, you can be coached. If you don't have talent, you're not going to be able to be coached. It's so simple. I had a conversation with somebody the other day that that brought up Derek Johnson. They're like, maybe he's really just not that good. You know, of a pitching coach. And I'm like, like, well, if if I went down to the ballpark, Derek Johnson's not going to be able to get me to pitch at a major league level. It's just, he, he doesn't, I I like, I think Evan, Evan called it Kyle Bodie's dark magic. That dark magic's not going to, going to help me out. You know what I mean? Like you've got to give him something to work with. Like we brought in Sonny Gray and he had, you know, everybody said he was like, you washed up now and no good because he's in New York and he comes here and, you know, he, he's, been i would say pretty good um but you you've got to look at like what the and i've i've beat this drum before that if you are an owner of a sports franchise and i get it every everybody's in whatever business they're in to make money but if you are the owner of a sports franchise and you are not in it to win it get out wouldn't the fans don't want you here no one wants you here when your sole goal is like, oh, look, we made some money last year. Yeah, well, your team sucked. We could, right? have had, we could have legitimately had a bullpen that would have been Raisel Iglesias, Amir Garrett, Lucas Sims, TJ Antone, Michael Lorenzen. Archie um, Bradley. Archie Bradley and Sean Doolittle and not really spent much more money. And we could have paid that one year $6 million that Anthony DiSclefani signed and not had to worry about having Hoffman. Like this is what I don't understand. You really weren't breaking the bank for that. And then they, well, then the the other thing, the other, <laughs> are you talking about the rest of the Bengals? I'm talking about all Cincinnati sports. No, owners. the Bengals. The Bengals have they they spent the, some money, man. I, I, the the bang the Bengals are are hopefully changing some things around. But like, pretty good this year. I mean, even then, you look at like FC Cincinnati, and that's just a total train wreck too. But Oof. so they, they got know, one, I, I want to touch one more thing on the Derrick Johnson thing. Okay. You know, people much smarter than all of us praise how good of a coach he is. So I'm just going to, okay. you know, continue that. My thing is the fan base just assuming that every single player who's been, you know, unsuccessful is going to become successful and then getting mad when they're not. Like, I'm not mad that Carson Fulmer Palmer did not w- work out because I didn't really expect him to be all that much. Look at his career stats. He's just not that good. Trash. The biggest, and I tweeted this about two weeks ago, the biggest challenge right now for Derek Johnson, I could care less about the Kyle or Carson Fulmers of the world, is Luis Castillo. That's Absolutely. his biggest project, and that's where he can, if he can turn him around and get him back to normal, I mean, that's what he needs to be focused on right now, and that's what well, the fans should, should be looking at in terms of Derek Johnson. All right, if you want to show us something, let's see what you can do with Castillo. I would say 1B would be at this point, like any kid that you're bringing up and making sure that you're getting them like get their head right and making sure that they're doing the right things, taking the right steps so that you're not like burning them out on MLB level before they're even necessarily all the way ready. Yeah. And I know we've talked, I've, I've talked about this on this podcast before. Um, the Kyle Bodie hire was a super good hire. I'm actually reading the MVP machine right now, which is the book that talks about driveline. It's, it's really incredible, but that type of development that he does is not a quick turnaround development. That's a getting high school and college kids 
putting them through a program, not an off season, a program and producing mm-hmm. something in three, four, five years. So, you know, kind of, you know, anyone, and I don't see anybody doing this, but anyone that tries to judge you know, the success of the pitching with Kyle Bodie, it's still a couple years away. Um, but I, I like what I'm seeing from the minor leagues, honestly. I really do. Yeah. I've watched all, all the levels that have the streaming. I've watched at least three or four games, and I'm impressed. I mean, Louisville's a weird team this year because they just have a bunch of vets that suck. Like, why are they – it's such a strange roster that they have with so few prospects playing. Um, so it's, you know, that is what it is. Um, but the, uh, there's plenty of players that are kind of turning it around right now and looking much better than they have in the past. Now it's hard to say because we didn't have minors last year. You know, it looks like a bigger jump than it might be because, you know, we saw a 19 year old. Now we see him at 21 or a 20 year old. And we see him at 22. You know, there's a lot of growth that we kind of missed out with that one year. I mean, you you bring that up, and then you've got you know Gutierrez coming up, and the last time that we saw him pitch a full season in AAA, he had a a six ERA. He was six and eleven. Yeah, you know, that, that's over twenty seven games that he that he started. Gave up one hundred forty four hits, hundred runs, ninety two earned runs. It and now you you look at him. He's two and zero. Oh, he's got a two six five ERA. It's over three games. Um. Yeah, Gutierrez, and I mentioned this, he had a really rough, and this is very common when players get called up to AAA. AAA has your Scott Heinemans, the kind of 4A type players, where they're, or Mark Payton, Aaron, who are really good AAA players, but not quite MLB players. And a lot of young pitchers struggle with those type of players right off the bat. Um, but he pitched well at the end of 2019 and then pitched well so far this year. Um, Evan says Austin the- Hendrick has 16 walks, rocking a 400 on-base percentage, multiple extra base hits, but as high 35 to 40% strikeout rate, which is common. This is a guy with a raw tool um, power bat coming out of high school. Um, it's only a ball, but – I mean, you're thinking – I mean, think about the kind of dudes you walked around the halls with in high school. All right, now picture them playing baseball. Now imagine someone who's getting paid professionally to play baseball. It's a lot different. Um, Hendrick has a – I mean, everything I've read about him is, you know, people are still high on him. He's years away. Um, Tyler Callahan's playing well in low A years away. I think he's 19 years old. Um, you know, a lot of players don't crack the big leagues until 23, 25 even. Um, you know, it's different than other sports. A lot of people picture, you know, they're football fans or basketball, NBA. You know, you know, this person gets drafted. They're pretty good right off the bat. It's a totally, totally different game than those. And each sport's development is different. And baseball just seems to take longer. Um, for one reason or another, just the development curves a lot, you know, a lot different. We saw that with Jose Garcia, you know, we, he was 22 years old and he's just, he's still developing and he looks drastically, you know, different in his approach than he did last season. Um, but, you know, he's somebody who probably has a next year timeline, I'd say, um, hopefully just in terms of needing a shortstop. Hey, Clay, I don't appreciate Maybe they'll go you. spend some money and get one. 
to bridge the gap. Hey, the shortstop free agency this upcoming offseason, the Reds probably won't be in play for any of them, but it's going to be absolutely elite. Javier Baez, Carlos, um, Correa. oh my gosh, Correa, um, Corey Seager, Jose Iglesias. I mean, there's so many good shortstops that are going to hit the market. Story. Uh, story. Uh, there's just a ton. You, I know you all were probably laughing at this, but Miguel Rojas, the shortstop for Miami, is stupid underrated. And a former Reds system guy. Never made it to the Reds, but played in their minor leagues years and years and years ago. It should be and nice if we still had Jose yeah, I was. I, I don't appreciate you uh, being judgmental of the type of people that we walked around the high school uh, halls with. We had some studs. All right. I don't even know what to make of that comment. Just saying we had some good baseball players. <laughs> hey, that's it for me tonight, guys. You keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, else I mean, is on the list? I, I mean, here, here, here's the thing is like, and that, like, what you just brought up, like, that there's going to be, like, a, a very elite market of shortstops that are going to be available. Chris Bryan will be out uh, there, too. Up, uh, unless some of these guys sign extensions going into the, you know, at the end of the season, whatever. But, I mean, you got to think, like, maybe Trevor Story gets traded uh, at some point this year and possibly signs some sort of extension wherever he ends up. Um, but... It's things like that that the Reds front office needs to make crystal clear to some like if they're if they're not going to burn this thing down and get rid of everybody and stock up and and hope you know two three years down the line we're going to be ready to go to be competitive for a championship then it's stuff like that that the front office needs to go to guys like Castellanos at the end of the season. If, if the season continues the way it is and there's not some miracle that they turn around and end up 15 games over 500. Uh, but they need to they go won't. to these guys. <laughs> Thanks, Clay. They need to go to these guys and say, look, we're, we're making a commitment and these are the guys, like we're going to go after these guys and we're going to pay the money to get better players here for next year to make a run at it. And and they I, I see your face, Aaron, and I know we all know what the outcome of all of this is going to be. They're going to miss the boat. Cassianos is going to walk. Guys are going to walk and, and leave. We're going to end up taking somebody's, you know, we're, leftovers we're to trade them and get an extra bucket of balls. We're going to be and, in the bargain bin at Walmart picking up DVDs instead of Blu-rays. Not even know, the they're going to, they're going to go find, they're going to go see if Homer Bailey wants to pitch again. And maybe they're going to add, you know, Matt Latos to the rotation. And they're going to go see if Brandon Phillips wants to come play here, even though he owns the, the Lexington legends. Um, and run off the floor in Charles this week too. And then he had an epic bat flip. Yeah. But, Okay, now touching on that, and I know we've talked about this, this conversation could be so, so different if the only thing that, I mean, they spent money, not this past offseason, but the one before, the most they've ever spent. If those players panned out, I mean, this this could be a totally, you know, different conversation. They spent a bunch of money, not a bunch, but was it seven or eight million on Shogo and I hope Evan's not watching because he's obsessed with Shogo, but Shogo is not 
been much. I know he hasn't had playing time, and but regardless, you know, you were in year two of a contract and you haven't made an impact for whatever, you know, reason. Moose has not, you know, he really hasn't done anything. And if, if you know, a couple of these players are playing better now, obviously Nick's crushing the ball. But, you know, if you add two players of what they thought they could be, you're going <laughs> to you, – you're talking about a totally different team. And you're talking about a team that is trading at this deadline to improve instead of, of a team that could be ripping down. So, really, it, I think this team's life cycle is going to be made by, you know, that free agency class of 2020 when they – signed some big bats and they brought in Wade Miley and this, and now what is it going to turn out to? Okay. But uh, they, you know, they the do that. Shogo, bus, the signing of Moose bus, Cassianos walks, uh, Miley ineffective in 2020, maybe could be traded in 2021, or he just walks at the end of the year. They don't pick the team option. Like that could all for as much hype as that had, that could all just fall apart. I think at this right. point we're playing for 23 and 24. When Lodolo, when Hunter Green are up, when Joey Votto's contract is over, when Mustakas's contract is over, when Shogo's contract is over, like 23 and 24 are going to be like when the window I mean, just you opens you, back you say up. you say like all all of that about you know that free agency class they signed and they they went out and they did things that you know we weren't really used to seeing them do. Um, and they, they sign those guys. Yeah, there's a COVID season. Yeah, they, whatever. But then when you're you're coming into this year, and you everybody wants to cry poor that they don't have any money. They made money. Whatever. Okay, but you go into your bullpen. You you sh- you basically tear it down. You put you fill that it back in with that already needed it, patching it, up. I mean, it it, it it could have used a few extra arms. And instead, you take it all down, and you take what Clay said, like you take these castoffs from everywhere else, so like Jack, guys that had the bunch j- of just a bunch of just the guys, right? That you you got to put in there. Misfit toys. And yeah, there's been like an injury. You know, there's been some injuries here and there, whatever. Like, who knows if Lorenzo? I know he. I think he tweeted out, or somebody tweeted out that I guess he was cleared to start throwing at least. So like, when you know, does he? he's not going to make an impact this year. Like he's not going to have the innings built up to be anything other than a reliever. Right. I mean, he's not going to absolutely not yeah, gonna be able to factors start in. Uh, um, unless he becomes an opener, unless they go to that, they go that route. Maybe he can open some games for Luis Castillo. Let, let him open the games for Luis Castillo. So he can get past the first inning and, and they get out there. But that has seemed to also blow up here recently. And like, it's just like a a giant mess that yeah you know, I don't even have the words for to figure out what you need to do. Like you, you just can't look at it and say that there's an easy answer to make things better now. Yeah, um, Evan sent me a question about my Sunny Gray comment and how I said I hated I would hate to say trading him. He said Vlad Lodolo. Santalon looking great, and you know Tyler Malley still in the equation. That's true. Um, I hate saying it because I like Sunny Gray. It's really why I said that. But I mean, that's the type of trades that smart teams make. What did the Rays just do? They traded their starting shortstop for two bullpen arms. Like yeah. the, these are type of moves. Like I mean, I know that they have elite prospects at shortstop, but the Rays have been finessing teams for years making smart moves and improving teams 
team needs in stacking the minors. This is not something that the Reds have. Their development so hasn't been very good. Oakland's done the same thing. Minnesota yeah. even has done a little bit of it. Like we're Miami is starting to do it and and making playoffs with very minimum payroll. Like and I think it all boils down to what uh, I think Jeff or Aaron talked on. You know the owners because everyone assumes okay the Rays are great. They have all these incredible you know staff members. Okay, so what happens in every other sport? We usually see a lot of football. When your defense is great, your defensive coordinator gets hired as a head coach, right? That's happening in the race system. People are hiring their, you know, assistant GMs, and they're hiring all these people out of the race system. But it doesn't matter because the owners of the teams that these players or these people are going to are not allowing them to spin the way that they want to. Or now they don't have the flexibility that the Rays do. Is really what it boils down to. I know the Rays aren't, you know, spending a bunch of money to bring people back. But they trade players like Blake Snell, trading him at the perfect time. He's been trashed this year. I mean, it's just smart moves that they make. And that that's really the difference is smart moves, but also an owner that allows you to do it. You know, earlier, I, I do want to bring this up. Earlier, we talked about the bright spots for the Reds. And Tyler Malley has been a bright spot for the Reds. We, didn't, we did not mention his name. Not his last outing, but tonight he was, he was great. Nick, Nick yeah, has mean, been as well. He has to work on his pitch count. He nibbles on the edges of the zone sometimes, and you know he could be in the fifth inning and have ninety pitches. Um, well, tonight he was five and two thirds with ninety four pitches. I think. Yeah, and with this Bell, is you're not making thing. it. With Bell, you're not making it out of the fifth inning anyway. Well, this is a. I wrote an article about this exact topic, and my whole thing was everyone who's looking at these box scores and saying so and so went five innings. Look at his pitch count. When his pitch count is 60, then yes, and he's pitched well, then yes, we, we can talk about that. But when these players are throwing up you know, 90, 95 pitches, especially a lot of people don't factor in the early part of the season. You don't go as long as you will come June, July, and August. As we saw with Castillo and um, whoever he was facing the other night, it was the first time either one of them pitched 100. I mean, they, this is, you know, it, it's pretty common if you look across the entire league. You don't see a ton of pitchers early in the season reaching 100 pitches. Now, some, you know, a Zach Greinke or somebody who's been around forever and, you know, Max is sure. a really good pitcher may reach that early. But a lot of these younger guys, I mean, they still are getting stretched out, honestly, is kind of how it is. And um, it's not like the Reds have been performing so well that their starters are going deep into games. Well, one thing I did want to touch on before you leave was New Era released some interesting, interesting hats today. And I don't know if you caught wind of these hats. I'm assuming you did. But um, the Kansas City Royals were apparently very upset and made it well known from their actual Twitter account. That's a great that's a great image of Ed. Uh, they made it very well known from their uh, their actual Twitter account that uh, they didn't even include the Kansas City area code on the area code portion of these hats. It looked like you know one of Jeff's kids got a hold of you know clip art and just went bananas on these hats. Uh, there was there was a bowl of what appeared to be uh, it looked like Indian curry. 
with a with a chili pepper. I'm not sure what that has to do with with Cincinnati, but uh, it was it was very very strange. And New Era within hours had been made fun of enough on social media that they took the hats down entirely to where you can't even order them. Everyone needs to be watching the New Era website for job postings to see if an entire department got fired. <laughs> I mean, what it was? It was I, I saw oh somebody. Oh my god! I, I saw somebody on Twitter who had said something along the lines of, um, that somebody from Northeast Ohio designed the Cincinnati hats and just threw a Buckeye leaf on there because you know apparently we we love the Buckeyes down here. I don't even think that that's the the most important thing down here. Um, it, it was just they they were awful. They were legitimately the worst hats I've ever seen. And uh, the, the, but, the Cincinnati Natty, it said like Cincinnati the Natty. Like why why are we doubling up in, in script? It was just all of it was so strange. Uh, well, they they've been taken down, uh, and hopefully, we'll never see the light of day. I'm upset. Coop really wanted to one of those. I hope they end up down in the like Caribbean as most things that, you know, like the championship shirts that never actually get sold. Like I want them to see them end up down in the Caribbean going to people who can't afford these types of goods just donated forever down there. Hey. It was horrible. Get the just, Buckeye leaf. We got the Brent Spence on here. That's pretty nice. That's not the Brent Spence. What is that? That's that's the other Brent. The oh, blue Robling. Yes. The suspension. Yeah, the Robling looks really nice on there. You're right. That looks like somebody got a hold of that stitch machine that they have at uh, Lids and just found a bunch of clip art and said, "Hey, man, <laughs> stitch this on." <laughs> and then they I charged look them extra thirty it's just, for each one. I saw. I, I mean, saw as, as as much as as much as I hate, hate to admit it, it, it looks it looks a lot what like. What the hell is that? It looks a lot like this hat. I, I don't no know. No wonder why all, all those Cincinnati basketball players were transferring. They saw those hats and said, "I'm out." I think I paid. I think I paid a dollar for this hat at uh at I feel like, like DJ Max. That hat was inspired by Bobby Brandon's tribal tattoo or his uh, his barbed wire <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> this Houston oh, put a track can. That's good. That hat sucks. <laughs> Jeff's or the Astros one that that Ed just threw up on the on the screen for the YouTube viewers. I am a proud owner of an of a Houston Astros hat. By the way, I have a Houston Astros hat. Why does the Braves hat have a UFO? I mean, I understand the peach, but why does it have a UFO on it? That's not a peach. That's an ass. That's <laughs> that's a that's a tribute to uh, ATLians, the uh, the Outcast album. Oh, okay, that's solid. It just, again, none of this none of this actually makes any sense. I mean, it, it, these are horrible hat designs. Horrible. Uh, New Air's got to be sitting there just looking at the like thousands of hats stacked in boxes. Like, oh, uh, we really well, really it's, messed it's, this one up. It's like when Bradley Cooper on uh, on Hangover makes that phone call. Hey, Ed, put, Ed, put that Kansas City hat up. I, I didn't find it. I just saw you go buy it. Yeah. It, it's like when Bradley Cooper makes that phone call and he's like, 
Hello. Do y'all want to see something up. disturbing? This is Jim Day golfing. I had no idea he was this <laughs> large of a man. Why are we looking? And Jim that's uh. <laughs> just a random taco. Like it. It really is. It really is clip art. It the really Dodgers, is. The Dodgers also have a taco. Um, I saw sushi for the. I think the Giants. The Dodgers um, have a taco. They don't have like a hot dog or anything. Nope, they have a taco also. Right, the uh, Dodgers. You would think that they would put the Dodger dog on there. The, the Arizona Diamondbacks. They threw a burrito on there. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? What is <laughs> what is this? That is a, oh, is that a lobster roll. roll? Oh, okay. That's oh, a lobster roll. That's solid. A lobster roll. Okay. I just so I don't dumb. know. I don't know why we did any of this. It was whoever walked out of that meeting proud of that idea. Like they're not sleeping. Tonight, How about this? Right? How about this? New Era never made these hats. They never had any plans of making these hats. They just made the most obnoxious designs to simply get everyone on the internet talking about them for an entire day as free marketing. They're playing chess, not checkers. I mean, I, if that Bad were the case, good publicity. If that were the case, okay, we all know that they have boxes and boxes of these hats sitting in a warehouse, and they're like, "We've got to get rid of these." What is this on the so St. Terrible. Louis hat? Is that two slices of American cheese? Those are uh, cheese its No, the, they were deep fried raviolis. I did read that somewhere. What the <laughs> fuck? Um, all all I saw on Milwaukee's was uh, cheese and beer. This was a fail. This was whoever designed them is the bum of the week. It's the collective <laughs> bum of the week. There is no better bum of the week than New Era and Ex all of the design team. Except, on except for David Bell and his explanation for not using TJ Antone in the third game against the Giants. Mm. I would also have to say that LeBron James is a bum too. Hey, Clint, I do you, like those memes where it's like, uh, who who is the guy for the Mets that got his face broken by a ninety-five mile an hour baseball? Basketball. So he gets hit. It's like on the ground for thirty-six seconds, and his his nose is all like over <laughs> here, and then then LeBron James is on the ground for like eighty seconds when he got like bumped by. I don't even. I don't watch basketball, so I don't know who it was. But. Then he noticed there was a scrum going on. Chris Paul. Yeah. Then he knows that there's a Just fight going on and people yeah. aren't paying attention to him. So he gets up, moves over to where the fight is, and then lays back down and grabbing his arm <laughs> like he's got thrown off the top of the hell in the cell. Oh, Chris, Chris, little, little bitty Chris Paul. Mm. I mean, apparently AD just kicked somebody in the nuts tonight on a three-point shot, but... I, That's, I, I'm, here like, for the, I'm here for the Brooks Kepka and uh, Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> memes. Yeah, that, that that's also a good one. That that that's golf, Clay. Uh, oh, I had no idea. I thought it was FC Cincinnati. Clay, oh you mentioned, man, you mentioned hockey earlier. Did anybody else happen to catch that? Um, nope. Okay. Well, if you look on the internet, there was a hockey player. I don't remember what team got knocked the hell out. They tried to lift him up, and he fell back down. Immediately yeah, afterwards, John. John Traveras. Is that his name? Immediately afterwards. $10 million player. Imagine being the owner of that team watching sure. that happen. For sure. 
Then immediately afterwards, I, I just, the two captains decided to slug it out. And the whole time, they did not want to slug it out. But the unwritten rules of hockey is that you slug that out. And we need to bring that into baseball. Like, you backflip. Good luck. I, I'm, I'm in it. I'm here for it. It would bring, it would bring viewers. Clay, I, I just, uh, okay. you don't strike me as the hockey kind of guy. Where, I where a did ton of hockey? Where did hockey? Where did where did this hockey thing come from for you? Did you were you playing like street hockey growing up? And no, I had the video game NHL ninety five. Yeah, yeah, I had a, a Nintendo sixty four. You know, I don't know why I just showed you the hand motion, but a hockey video game. You you know the sixty four, and you had to like blow it when it didn't work. That, that and, was the, yeah. that was the NES. That was. It, it works with the 64, too. Okay. Good reference, Clay. All right, patient. All right. I, I just didn't know where this, like, you, you, we... you do typically bring up hockey, like, occasionally, like, throw throw a little, like, thing in. Hockey rebuilds and hockey roster construction is really interesting. It, I'm not going to go into all this because it would be a really long, but it is the best way, um, the best pro sports in terms of how they do their rosters and their draft and their trades and everything. It's by far the best. So I I often talk about it because I understand it better than others. But uh, before we close out, Jeff, can we get a little update on your basement remodel? Just oh, how it's going. I want to hear the stats. How, how big is the, the TV? How many speakers? So the basement, the basement remodel is, is uh, it's done. Um, there's some painting that needs to happen. I we're having um, some uh, wires electric run for um, our hot tub on the back porch, so we have to kind of. We got a hot tub. That's a stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have to stop uh, some the things because they they've got to run they've got to run new um, electric and they need to redo some of the things in our electric box. But um, I do <laughs> I I did hook up my surround sound down there. Uh, and it has two 12-inch subwoofers and uh, some Dolby Atmos speakers. It's all like a Klipsch setup, and it's an 85-inch TV. And I feel like I felt like I was handing Wade Miley the ball every time uh, he was throwing his no-hitter. So that was cool. And uh, podcast recording in the hot tub. Um, it's it's very loud. Uh, so when I watch, you know, Marvel Star movies Wars. or Star Wars, Star Wars especially. Uh, my wife on the second floor uh, will occasionally send me a message and say, uh, you need to turn it off um, because it's too loud. The bar area is nearing completion. Um, Do you ever tell her that you couldn't hear your phone vibrating because the the speakers were too I, loud? I've stopped taking my phone down there with me when I'm watching uh, anything so that I can, you know, she has to actually, you know, two o'clock in the morning... <laughs> o'clock in the morning she's got to come down and, and say hey um why are you why are you in a movie theater in our basement uh but that's all i've ever wanted and i've got it and so yeah i gotta finish some painting down there things are on pause right now until we can rerun some of the electric but it's good it's good to go and we will oh my god <laughs> clay's name <laughs> and uh so yeah, so it, it's good, and then we hopefully when the Reds are in the World Series, it will be done, and we can all watch the games over here. 
I haven't left my basement in 13 I years. Actually. I can't. <laughs> oh, do y'all have any, but before I leave, do y'all have any other minor league questions? I, I don't have time to do the to do the podcast for it, but I'd be willing to answer some. I I, I will say that I God. I will I will say though that tonight I've learned more about minor league the Reds minor leagues than I've having a long long time. Things have gone so far off the rails at this point. Um and and I'm here for it. That's good. You've done, you've done a, a crying all over my face. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> oh god i think that's a wrap yeah, that's, probably, that's probably about the end of it that's uh right there. Uh, <laughs> it's been get that fucking clip art put on a hat <laughs> please make that edit tonight no Oh, I don't. That was. This is gonna make for really good audio. I know. <laughs> People are just gonna be like, I, 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 look, think, look. I think we're really driving views uh, to the YouTube page right now. I think. I think we're done here. <laughs> you gonna? Was, you gonna? You send us out, Aaron? I mean, I was gonna try and talk about Joe Burrow coming back to OTAs. Oh, not here for There'll be OTAs next we can week. Save that. We can save that for next week. OTAs There's will be there next week. Bearcats are back. Uh, the football team gets back on June 1st, so we'll be good. Actually, are we taking Memorial Day off? Memorial Tuesday off? We probably mm-hmm. should. You guys still going to be good? You going to be in town? I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be here. I'll be here. All right. Well, then you'll well. catch us um, next I did, week. I did want to I did want to say I think uh, – one of you guys can tweet it out from the uh, the the handle from the our Twitter handle. Um, the uh, the young lady from UC soccer team that that oh, passed yeah. away. I know they have a uh, a GoFundMe set up to do a um, like a scholarship in her name. So we'll get that uh, get that tweeted out. I guess taking care of it right now. Actually, it looks like so. Um, all right. Well, you can catch us Tuesday. Happy Memorial Day in advance for all of those doing anything this uh, upcoming weekend. But for for Clay, <laughs> for Ed, for Jeff, I'm Aaron Smith. This was Pardon the Punctuation. I apologize for everything. We're out of here. Goodbye. Goodbye.